Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Energy in Action. I'm Stephanie, the patient advocate for MitoAction, and this week we have a hope-inspiring conversation with Genevieve Woods. She's a Mito patient, a founder of Positive Peach, and also an author of three books. Positive Peach is a program that MitoAction wholeheartedly endorses. This program is inspiring by to patients to bring them packages of positive touchstones for people in the Mito community. Genevieve's wish is that the recipients of these care packages are reminded that there is a positive person out there that cares about them and how they are feeling both physically and mentally. She wants everyone in the Mito community to know that they are not alone. Before we jump into our conversation with Genevieve, let me tell you a little bit more. She's a recent graduate from La Roche College. She has a degree in child psychology, and she is the author of three books, Peach, An Exceptional Teen's Journey for Universal Acceptance, My Poems Are Yours, and in 2018, Peach, Celebrating Life in the Shadow of Death. I'm excited to bring you this interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Peach. Hi. It's it's great to have you here with us today. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Hi, everyone. I am Genevieve Woods, aka Peach. Um, I was diagnosed with mitochondrial neuropathy ATP deletion at the age of 15. Prior to um, my condition, I still had all these same symptoms as of... Um, having trouble walking, um, having limited dex dexterity, and having difficulty talking. Um, but having um, mitochondrial neuropathy ATP deletion basically means that I have damaged nerves and muscles, and I have um, depleted energy all the time. I know that um, a common symptom of people with mito is to have depleted energy. But when my energy is depleted, it's like kaput. There is absolutely nothing I can do to gain it fully back besides sleeping. There is nothing I can eat. There is nothing I can do. Like napping is not something that I do because if I nap, it ruins the rest of my day because I am in a motion of um, keeping my muscles going and stopping all of a sudden to sleep deteriorates my muscles more than they actually are and and more than they already am already do so um, so as I mentioned I have damaged muscles and they are continuing to be more damaged through deterioration. And same thing goes for my nerves. They were damaged to start with and they are continuing to be damaged throughout my life through their deterioration. Um, how these things affect my life is I have trouble walking, speaking and holding things and writing as I have previously mentioned. Um, and I'm trying to think of like overall things that just kind of pop up that people regularly ask me ab ab about because you would never know 
from just looking at, at me sitting that there was anything wrong. I I'm agree. not. You would not know. Because, because I don't have any like seeable visual impairments, which is very common in Mito, but I don't have, um, unless you saw me out in an environment where I would need a cane or my, or my walker, you would never know unless I got up and started walking and then you would go, and, and then most people are commonly confused because they're like, oh, she looks fine. Why is she walking like, like that? Or why does she have, have, have trouble talking? Oh, maybe it has something to do with the brain because my mito does not affect my brain except for maybe in like math, but like that's is very, very lim. That is not a very impactful thing in the overall scheme of things. That, that is something I can just pass over. It doesn't, I don't have trouble talking uh, because my brain is away and I have nerve damage. Therefore, the way that my um, muscles form words is delayed. So, uh, so the time it, it, it takes for um, the messages to get to my brain, to my mouth, from my brain to my muscles is slower than, than most people have. So that means that I don't do things like ride bikes well, I don't drive well, um, I don't react well. I always react delayed. So do you have a form of dysgraphia where it's hard for you to handwrite or type different things? Oh, yes. Definitely. I have always I have always had trouble writing and I I've always had trouble typing as as well and not and one does not help the other. They're they're both subpar. Sure. To say. So then I have to ask, as I told all of our listeners, you are an author and you have a, yeah. a degree in professional writing. So I'm curious, how did you go about being an author of three books when and being a professional writer when you just described these delays? That sounds like you really had to have some determination. So um, the, the, the actual writing comes about stream of conscious and really came from diaries I had as a kid. So it was really a matter of uh, transcribing after that point. I had had all the ideas down of how I felt to write the books. So it, was, so it took me a couple of years to, to like type it, type them all out because how I do write is um, is is stream of conscious as I had mentioned. So whenever I go back, there are these insane words that 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 don't make sense. Where I have to go back and read the sentence and go, "What was that word supposed to be?" Because <laughs> I'll be like writing, and pe and people often go. This is even a word. I don't even know what you were what you were trying to say. It doesn't even look like a human word. So, 
it is difficult, but I find it to be the best way to express myself. Okay, I like that. So how old were you when you published your first book? I was a senior in high school. Okay. And tell me about that process. Did you self-publish? Did you have to send your manuscripts in and have a publisher pick you up? How did that work? So I got the idea in my head about it being a book in my sophomore year of, of high school. I had gotten the manuscript and I, and I put like 10 copies of the manuscript in my envelopes and was just giving it to, to to people and at the same time i was trying to get the handicapped room that, that i'm sitting in right now to be to be built because i can't i couldn't live in my in my room on our second floor anymore because i couldn't take the stairs without it being dangerous sure. i kept on falling down the stairs or just missing stairs and and so on and so forth so so I was trying to get the room built and I had been invited to a lunch to get to know a construction company who was on the fence about um doing the project and um they asked me to come up and give a speech, which was something that I had not been prepared to do whenever I was in, was invited. So I was trying to think of anything I could I could say, and I had relate a story that that I had and of experiences that I had went through just the day prior to of being bullied at school. And I had and I had a room of company executives crying because of my story and my uh, and my ability to articulate my feelings. And one of the executives in that room was a book public publisher. And so after I had spoken and and everybody broke for lunch. I was sitting there and he came up to me and um, and he's like, so I hear you have a book that you want to be published. And we had given him the manuscript that we had brought to the lunch on the off chance that somebody just wanted to read it or something. And that's how I got started. Wow, that is an amazing story. A little bit of luck and a whole lot of preparedness. Good for you. I'm glad you had that with you. So how did you come up, come up with the idea of the Positive Peach program? And I have to say, um, working with Mito Action, I am always excited when I see a Positive Peach nomination come in and, and read what people are nominating others for and, and getting your program involved. So tell me about how that came about. So how the name Positive Peach came about is whenever I was born, the doctors had said I, I might as well have been put into a home for people who have uh, severe disabilities because I had had my eyes crossed, my, ear, my 
arms crossed and my legs crossed, which was a sign of brain damage. And the doctors were convinced that I wouldn't aspire to be anything that anybody wanted to put a name to. And my mom cleared the room and asked for her daughter. And, um, and she held me and looked down and looked at my cheeks that were the color peach. And she said, I don't care what, the, what they say. You're my, you're my little peach. And the name peach stuck to, to this day. I'll be walking up, up, up about and people just go peach. And I go, what? And so everybody knows me as, as, as peach. Oh, that's so, a great story. So as I was getting the book published and and we had decided the title was going to be Peach, we we decided that 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 everything after that was going to be Peach something. And people on on social media, Facebook, they know me as Peach because I sign on to my lives as hey guys it's peach so 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 that's how 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 everybody knows me and i have have had this initiative in this and this attitude to be positive despite my diagnosis because it was a diagnosis that, that i had never saw coming because because i didn't think that it was going to be life-threatening whenever we decided to go back to see what this disease actually was that, that I was dealing with because it was not what I had previously been told. It was definitely not that. We had taken the diagnosis as, um, as a child, but I have two brothers and they are also sick. Um, so, so my mom had a lot to, to, um, to deal with at the time. So, um, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. So whenever I, um, was going back and finally got the, the diagnosis, I was like, oh my, it's, it's life-threatening. What am I going to do? Is there a reason why I should keep going if this is all for nothing? If I'll never have the same life as my friends, as I can never see myself and really anybody, because there aren't many, many people who have the the disease. So, um, so I just decided that I was going to be positive, and I was peach. And as I was thinking of ways to promote the book, I was thinking that. I should be spreading this positivity to more people because Mito or not, or, or, my, or my previous di- that diagnosis of cerebral palsy or not, I was going to be, to be positive no matter what. So I had, um, so, I, so I had thought I'm going to be positive. So I had this overarching idea of let's start positive peach just an idea and it is to where it is today of books social 
social media packages and working with with Mito Action. Wow. That is that is very inspiring. So what kind of things do you put in the package and what does somebody do to be when they're nominated? Like what are you looking for in the nominations to send out a positive peach package? So what I ask for is stuff about the recipient. um, Age, gender, and like, what do they like to do? Do they like art? Do they like gardening? Do they like jewelry? And for like boys, it's really age sensitive because because I get things from Mito Action like um, water bottles and I give things like coloring books for superheroes. So so it's age sensitive and it is gender sensitive. And when I get a nomination, I look for those things. I put in the um, the the standard paper of what it is, so, so people aren't scared that they're receiving a package that has my address on it. And then I usually get the whole how did you get my address? <laughs> so I get that. that stuff and I'm like, calm down. It's not me stalking you. It's so-and-so, your mom, your aunt, your friend, your uncle nominated you for this thing. So it's nothing nefarious. Trust me. I'm, I like it to be a surprise, but I realize in today's a society receiving anonymous packages is not the best thing that people want to do but i want to read it to where people are receiving them anonymously because i feel like positive positivity is is best used whenever it is out of nowhere because nobody really knows exactly that they're that they're like suffering or, or they're or they're struggling at first until they see the light at the end of the tunnel and they're like, oh, wow, that was a really dark time that I was going going through. Sometimes we still we, we say that we are living and we're struggling, but that's fine and we'll move on. But I want to show people that positive thinking can change lives. So I look at things like gender and positive, and uh, gender and age, and look at all the, all, all the stuff I have, and start compiling all the stuff that I think they would like. Oh, I love that. And you're right. People do once they see that glimmer of light, they realize, oh, I'm through the I'm through the hard part, or so they think. And they are more positive, and they do tend to radiate a little bit more. So I like that you give people that nudge of positivity like we see you we we want you to know we're there with you and you know what a great pick-me-up I would love to get an anonymous package but I suppose you're right in today's world that could be a little nefarious you're right definitely so so what's on the horizon for you next are you planning on writing another book are you um what's next for you so um I am um writing another book. I just graduated like two weeks ago. So oh, oh congratulations. Of, <laughs> thank you. Um, I am trying to rest because 
this past semester was difficult. I'm not the biggest fan of um, online schooling. And it's finally like, like I've been dodging it all of my like freshman, junior, and now I'm like, whoops, because it happened in the second semester of my junior year. And I'm like this, or sorry, senior, senior, senior year. So, so junior year, I skate through. And then the second half of my senior year, I had to um, do the online scoring thing. So I'm not the biggest fan, but as I'm resting, I'm trying to come up with a game plan of, um, of writing a new book, uh, really making the packages the best they can be, uh, trying to find a, a job that uses my strength, my strengths to their best ability. Um, I am really passionate about people who have diseases and people who need positive positivity. So as I'm trying to figure that all out, um, I'm trying to keep um, my target in, in line with what I am looking for. Wow. I'm also trying to try and get my health like under wraps because like in quarantine, everything was so messy with like, what is next? What are we going to do? So I'm trying to keep like the stress contained and rest because as anybody who has graduated knows that you don't do a lot of resting in college. No, kind of you like don't. no, good for you. I like that you're aware of how stress can really affect those with Mito. And that's really important to keep that contained and to listen to your body and, and do the rest and um, keep a plan moving forward. I, I just took to heart what you said about having a target and using your skills of being positive and um, working towards, you know, putting your, your, your writing skills to work on that. And I have no doubt that you will find the perfect spot for you. You, you definitely would be an asset to any organization looking for someone with exceptional writing skills. So good for you. Good, good on you there, Miss Peach. I really liked how your mom came up with that name, by the way. I think that's, that's a wonderful nickname and a great, uh, great story behind it. Do your brothers have nicknames? Um, um, my older brother, his name is Jesse. So we, so we call him Jess. And my younger brother, who was the really, really sick one out of, out of all of us, at birth, he was like really sick. So he had various nicknames. He was red because <laughs> he has red hair and he's fiery and he's stubborn. That's how he really, really made it through his um, condition and is where, where he is now. Um, he's B. I'm not sure why he's just B, uh, and then he's the baby of the family. So, so he will always be B baby. Oh, I like that. I'm the baby of the family too, and I try to hold on to that title very dearly, and I use it as often as I can and remind people that I am the baby. So lower your expectations. <laughs> just kidding. 
All right, so this is my favorite part of the interview. We are gonna do what's called rapid fire. I'm just gonna ask you some fun questions and you can just tell me whatever answer comes up. Um, first question, what is the last TV show that you binged watched and loved? Um, this is boring. I don't really watch too much TV because I'm a big reader. I love to read. So oh, I would okay. rather than watch TV. All right. Well, what do you like to read? What's the been the best book you've read lately? Um, I love romance. Yeah. And because it's always positive, there, there is always a happy ending. And usually they write sequels. So it continues the, the romance in mm -hmm. some respect. Um, I read a lot during during quarantine. It's been like my thing where yes. I don't really want to watch TV because it kind of shuts your brain down and lets you rest. And I'm not somebody who likes to shut their brain down. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because that's another reason I like it's like it's taking me a while to recover from, from being in school is mm -hmm. I prefer to relax and read supposed to relax and watch tv okay and i never really watched that much tv growing up so oh I okay read because my mom is an english teacher so so it was always a where is that book or <sighs> why don't you have a, a book in your hand <laughs> oh you had absolutely no escape then didn't you she was on you for for the next book I just finished, speaking of a good romance, uh, it's called Tony's Wife. Um, just a great, if it was just a really fun, wonderful story. So if you, and they say they're making it into a movie now, which I'm kind of excited about. So if you're looking for a book, that's a good one. Tony's Wife. I had to look it up on my Kindle here just to, to see what it is. All right. Um, well, do you have a favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie is the is the Devil Wears Prada. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is a good one. Meryl Streep is amazing I, in that. I love Meryl Meryl Streep, and I love fashion. It's like oh. my very first love. I love. I I, I mean I have all my um, jackets behind me. I'm yeah. old. And I like fashion, so 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 those are my those are my un unfashioned jackets i have so many i have clothes that you're like why don't you just throw them all away and i'm like i don't want to no. i could never live on campus because the thought of leaving my clothes behind scares me <laughs> the closets weren't big enough right i don't understand how they do it i'm like did you wear that I'm like documenting what like everybody's wearing. I'm not really, but like I'm like, oh, you wore that that sweater two months ago on Tuesday. It's <laughs> that's excellent. What is your most favorite meal? Oh, uh, I love fried chicken. Mm. Does your mom make good fried chicken? Oh yes, yes, excellent. Well, um. I Oh, oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Tell me more about your fried chicken. <laughs> well, everybody, my favorite, my favorite meal is fried chicken. My favorite junk food is um, French fries with melted cheese and bacon bits. Ooh, I love them. 
Girl, that sounds delicious. We have a place here in Minnesota that has what they call, um, oh, it just left my brain. They, they do uh, waffle fries. Oh, they call them Idaho nachos. That's what it is. Waffle fries. And then they cover them with cheese and bacon bits and sour cream. And so it's basically like nachos just with, with French fries, which I'm all about that. So it's delicious. What's, what's on your nightstand? Like, do you have a favorite book? Do you, what do you keep on your nightstand close by? Um, I, I have books. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I try to keep myself most on the go to keep up muscle, uh, maintaining everything goes back to Mito. Um, so I always have my phone on me because I have my books app. And whenever I have two minutes of like rest, I'm always taking my phone out to read. So like the book stays on my nightstand all the time because I'm, because I'm always reading, so I'm like, oh, I'll get to that book. You Good know, for you. Because I have like four, four books in the meantime. I know. I'm gu guilty, guilty, guilty right now. I've, I had to stop. Well, I finished Tony's Wife, and now I'm reading just a guilty pleasure of a fun Christmas story right now because I figured, why not? It's in the holidays. But I know I have books lined up, ready to go. I'm excited for time to just sit back and, and read. So if we were to take a picture of you experiencing an ordinary moment where you're just happy and full of joy, what would that be? Um, in front of a fire on, um, on my couch with a fleece line bl bl blanket with hot chocolate, cheese, the, the cheese fries I had mentioned and a good book. Oh. That sounds awesome. Now, do you have any pets? Do you have a dog or a cat that would be in that picture? <laughs> so I have four dogs. Oh my. Yeah, my my brother has the two cats down in his room and I have so many fish. Really? Yes. Okay, so saltwater fish or freshwater fish? <laughs> freshwater, my, my mom has a degree in English special ed and marine biology oh wow yeah so school is a big deal in our family and she's the fish expert okay wow i love that there is no slacking going on in your house is there everybody's <laughs> constantly improving wow what a, i i think i want to meet your mom i i'm totally impressed with her abilities here an english teacher and a marine biologist that almost sounds like right brain left brain going on at the oh, same yeah. time wow excellent yeah. good for you it sounds like you got a great cheerleader there i write about her a lot in my book okay and like like she's the impetus for like a lot of the of the things in my life like like she got me to like a point and then um got me on the track of like writing books if it wasn't for her, I don't think I would be walking as good as I, as I am. I, wow. Because whenever I was first diagnosed, they're like, are you talking about this child? The one who's talking, walking, eating, because somebody with my condition should not be doing, I mean, with like, with my very, very specific condition, mm -hmm. it should not be the way I am today. Really? Yes. So basically my son has Mito and 
we kind of the same thing. He looks like a train wreck on paper. And then we walk into the doctor's office and they're like, who's this kid? And I'm like, that, this is him. And they're like, hmm, not what we were expecting. <laughs> wow. That's way that uh, my, my, my specialist d- uh, describes me is like Stephen Hawking. Really? Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Uh, my best peak time walking was probably the age of like 10. And okay. then everything has just been a steady decline down. I will become to the point where I can't walk, can't move my arms, I can't eat, I can't do. I basically become Stephen Hawking at the end of whatever's going to go, going to happen. Okay. But in the meantime, you're just going to go gangbusters, aren't you? Yes. Good for you. Well, it was wonderful to meet you. I'm excited that you were able to take part of our podcast here. I am absolutely sure that you are going to be an asset to us at the Mito Action Team. I'm excited to keep working with you. And I hope that you have a very, very great holiday season. You as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining our Energy in Action podcast. It was a real treat to have a discussion with Peach and learn about her next projects coming up and how she stays so positive. Truly an inspiration. This podcast was produced by Mito Action and uh, supported and sponsored by Ultragenics.